Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hey there, everybody. Today's podcast episode is about what to do, how to take care of yourself when everything totally sucks, when the shit hits the fan, when the pain is too much, when everything comes crashing down, and otherwise known as those moments when it is far more convenient Uh, to push your needs to the side in those moments when it feels like everything and anything else is more important or even possible than taking care of yourself. And so I wanted to record this episode um, because a lot of people that I know and love are grieving right now. And I've been thinking a lot about what tending in grief looks like. And we had a recent amazing episode with Lucy Mae Taylor, who talked to us about grief. Um, And I wanted to follow up with some thoughts of my own about how, how we show up for ourselves and how we allow others to show up for us when we are in those most difficult spaces in those places where we think to ourselves, you know, surely tending isn't important here. And, um, you know, to, to be a voice for the fact that yes, tending is important even here. And it may look unlike what we think it should look like or what we want it to look like, um, much like grief itself. Uh, but it's still, it's still important. So, what do you do? What do you do when you're in that space? How do you start showing up for yourself? And, you know, I think that 
as with all true, real self-care, it starts with the question of how, how do I feel right now? What do I need right now? Checking in with yourself, checking in with your body to the extent that you might be able, to the extent that it feels safe, and turning towards yourself for information instead of towards ideas of what what we should need or what other people want us to need or what would be better for us to need in this moment. And instead, turning towards whatever feels true or right. And you may only have access to the tiniest tip of that iceberg, and that's okay, right? But I feel like I've been crying for 24 hours, 48 hours. I need some water. I feel like I want new sheets on my bed. I feel like... I want a strawberry milkshake. I feel like, you know, what, whatever it is, the information that comes forward, part of tending to ourselves in those difficult spaces has to do with prioritizing the information that we receive when we ask ourselves those questions and when we're present to our own personal process and allowing for what is instead of trying to make that information fit into a preconceived mold or into you know, an understanding of what would be more convenient right now. Because the thing about grief is that it has its own timeline and it's not linear and it doesn't look the way we want it to look. It doesn't look the way we think it should look. Um, You know, it doesn't look like the way we wish it would look. And being with ourselves in that space can feel, um, completely overwhelming and and exhausting and terrifying and being simply being in that grief space requires energy so if we think about tending to ourselves as tending to our our energy body um then that the looking towards the things that sustain us, that sustain our energy also gives us the energetic capacity to continue grieving. So when we're, we're able to think about and prioritize, even in the smallest ways, our need for hydration our need for nourishment our need for rest, um, you know, when we, can make space for our most essential care to be met on a, a cons- consistent basis. We give ourselves that energetic building block to be able to keep showing up each day to, to even be in conversation with ourselves. It's interesting because I think when it comes to self-care, a lot of times we don't have the energy for it. And so we're, we're waiting until we have the energy for it. Or we see it as um, somehow being related to this surplus energy. So we're looking for a good time on our calendar or when X event is over or when um, something is past. Uh, all of these, these times when we imagine it will be more convenient than right now in order to take care of ourselves. But we need our own care right now. And the the presence of the idea that we don't have the energy to care for ourselves is an indicator that we are in dire need of care. So 
not waiting until a better moment to start taking care of yourself than right now and not making it out to be a giant heroic effort. Although, you know, when you're in that space of everything totally sucking, sometimes just getting up to go to the bathroom is a heroic effort, but letting it be what it is. And if what it is, um, is, you know, scrambled eggs. On a recent, another recent podcast episode, uh, Jennifer Sterling talked about depression meals, where um, she described that, you know, making, having, having meals accessible to you that are so simple, that can be made in a few minutes. And on her Instagram, Bodiful Healing, she shares many depression meals that can be useful again in times like this. So, you know, instead of saying to yourself, it's not possible. I don't even know what I want to eat. I don't, you know, I don't have the energy to make something for myself. Having uh, something that's so simple, something that you could make with, you know, one hand, a uh, rice cake with peanut butter on it, <laughs> you know, could be, could be anything, but, but dispelling that idea that it needs to look a certain way because something is definitely better than nothing when it comes to care during hard times. A little bit of rest is definitely better than no rest. A little bit of water is definitely better than no water. Um, you know, a little bit of food, definitely better than no food. Any, any care that you can give yourself can be so supportive and sustaining to your energy body to enable you to keep showing up for the next minute, the next hour, the next conversation, the next day, even when it feels like you might not be able to do that. And to know that you are still so worthy of care, no matter what the circumstances of the situation and that, um, that's something that, that also, you know, you could ask for and receive help around. Uh, sometimes too, it can feel like, well, you know, it's harder to explain what I need than just to do it myself. Um, but you know, again, if it, if it feels safe, if it feels accessible and doable to you, allowing people to help you, even if it's imperfect, even if it's not how you would have done it or how you actually wanted it done. Um, but allowing other people in, you know, having somebody scramble those eggs for you or pour that glass of water for you or give you a minute, hold your baby so you can take a shower. Um, that can be such an act of care that you can give yourself to allow that care in to override that message in your head that says, I should just, or I could just, or I might as well just do it all myself. But instead to realize that, you know, other people are putting themselves forward um, and you can take them at their word. When people offer their help to you, you can take them at their word. And you don't have to um, believe that, um, you know, that you're a burden or that, that, that your needs are somehow, um, a hip, like too heavy to hold. And we, we get that message for so many really good reasons and so many reasons that are rooted in our lived experience. So it can be hard to override that message and to feel safe. But if there are any relationships in your life where you feel like it could be safe to receive turning towards those people when you're in a hard place, 
Um, you know, even having a list of people that I have, I have like worst case scenario lists around my life that say, you know, these, these are the people that you can text. These are the things that you like to eat. These are the things that make you feel better. Um, just a few short recipes because you can forget. You, you can forget in that space that there are even people out there. There are so many times when I've really been struggling and, um, you know, the voice in my head tells me nobody wants to hear from me. The voice in my head tells me nobody cares about me. The voice in my head tells me that I'm not hungry or that nothing, you know, is worth the effort or that I couldn't make it anyway. And so, you know, having gathering, having a few data points for yourself, it's like, I like to eat rice cakes and peanut butter. <laughs> that for me is, you know, with, with honey and bananas, that's like really sustaining snack food for me. Um, I always like it scrambled eggs. I always like it you know, having some of those things saying you can, you can reach out to these three people, these three safe people who from this place, I can assure myself really want to hear from me. It can be useful to, to have that on hand for really difficult and low moments. But, you know, sometimes you're in that space and you haven't had that opportunity or that, that foresight. Um, but you, you know, it's still worth thinking about. Are there a few people that I know, um, I can trust want to hear from me. I can trust can hold a piece of this with me. I can trust that I can be my whole self and just say it like it is because, you know, as I said, grief, it's not linear. Sometimes, you know, you feel sad when, it's not a quote unquote sad moment. Sometimes you feel happy or you're laughing or you're, you know, when it's, when it's a quote unquote sad moment, right? So the way that that grief works, having those spaces where you can just show up as you are, are essential and show up in a way that, um, you know, with people that you can trust are going to get you and aren't going to judge you and aren't going to be thinking to themselves, like, she's still worrying about this. They're still stressed out about this. They're still grieving this. Um, she's still thinking about that. You know, grief takes time. It takes so much time. And if you've been following me for a while, you know, I like to say, like, think about the amount of rest that you need and then multiply it times four. That's closer to what's true. And for grief, it's the same, right? We chronically underestimate how long something's going to take us. We chronically underestimate how much we're going to need, how sad we're going to feel, the amount of time that things take. You know, by and large, humans aren't great at um at knowing how much space to give themselves because we've con- been conditioned to believe that we are only allowed to have this small little patch of earth. And so part of this is that reminding ourselves over and over again that unlearning that's associated with I'm allowed to feel how I feel and I that is allowed to take however long it takes. And it's not a direct line. And, you know, I will be looping through this for 
a while for the rest of my life for a certain number of years. It's going to change. It's going to look different. The proximity to me is going to feel different. Um, but you know, this idea of, okay, well, I can give myself X number of days or months, and then I need to be back with the program or, you know, back to quote unquote normal. When our experiences change us, our grief changes us, um, and our, our normal, we may never go back to what we, what we had before. Maybe it's going to look different now and that's okay too, right? But it's going to take as long as it takes. And so again, part of that piece of how we can support ourselves in that and how we can receive support in that is to really be um, attentive to the energetic cost of grief, um, to the energetic use of putting out that much emotion, that that requires a lot from us, even if we're just laying there, quote unquote, just laying there. Um, feeling our feelings takes energy and that energy doesn't come from nowhere. You know, we, we need to, um, be giving to ourselves whatever it is that we need. And the things that sustain us may not be what we think will sustain us. Um, you know, it, it, it may be surprising in that space, what you want and what you need, but you can trust yourself. You can trust your body. You can trust that um, when you ask yourself, how do you feel? What do you need? That whatever answers you get are good and are good enough and um, and are trustworthy. Because I think that's the piece we've been so uh, conditioned to be disconnected from ourselves that we have these tight expectations of what is uh, within the realm of reason in terms of feeling and needing for any given moment. And when we, what we feel or what we need is outside of that, we judge ourselves for it instead of stay by our own sides, follow ourselves there. And so one of the most beautiful gifts you can give to yourself in a difficult time is to be with what is and to follow yourself to that place and allow for what is, and then ask yourself, okay, well, you know, what now? Given that, then what? Given the presence of that need, what choice do I want to make? What's doable right now? Given that, how do I want to respond? Given that, what's my next move? You know, but basing those decisions in the reality of your experience right now instead of these, you know, strict ideas of who and what you think you should be. And that piece really allowing yourself to root into what is might be the kindest act of care that I know of. Because from that place, any decision that you make, any, you know, cup of tea that you pour or walk that you go on or flower that you pick, whatever, uh, is, is coming from that place of what is true for you right now versus what should be true for the ideal self of version of you that lives in your head. That's a figment of your imagination and your social conditioning and isn't real anyway, right? 
So making space for yourself and making space for what is and turning your attention back towards the truth of your experience right now, trusting the truth of your experience right now, because you can be trusted. Your needs can be trusted. It's amazing how, um, we have been conditioned away from our own knowing and taught to turn outward for external verification and validation for anything. It's like, is this right? I mean, I think this is how I feel, but is that okay? I think this is how I feel, but is that right? Um, I think this is how I feel, but is that how I should feel? Uh, instead of trusting, like, hey, this is how I feel. This is what it is. And so let yourself be who and how you are. Let your care come from that place. Let your asks for help come from that place. Give yourself permission here in this swirling grief place to come from the truth come from anything that you know, right? And start with what you know, because you may be in that space and feel like, well, I don't have answered any of these questions, um, which is great and fine. Uh, it is what is right. So it's gotta be good. Um, so when you're in that space, start with what you know, if it's the toes on my right foot that are sticking out from this blanket are cold. Okay. Start from that. If it's, I have to get up and pee, start from that. If it's, I have to order these pink metallic sunglasses right now. Okay. You know, I mean, let it be what it is. (laughs) It doesn't have to look any certain way. And that piece of giving yourself permission to be there and to do what feels right and what feels good and what feels doable, what feels doable is so essential. Take care of yourself. I'm thinking about you. Thanks for listening to the needy podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you'd like my support and learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to the needypodcast.com to sign yourself up for revive a gorgeously free five day course, chock full of real self care and daily tending. If you love today's episode, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you.